what that scripture talks about, right? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? It belongs to Him. Amen? Because we also recognize that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the powers of darkness. Amen? The Bible teaches us that, right? We don't wrestle against each other. We wrestle against Satan and the powers of this world. Amen? And so you and I, well, you and I, it's a futile fight unless you turn it over to God. Amen? And it's the same way in our own personal lives. We've got to turn it over to God. Amen? We've got to turn ourselves over to God. Isn't that right? In order to receive, you've got to turn loose. And the first thing and the best thing to turn loose of is me. Isn't that right? We've got to do that. Amen? Our God is just sitting there waiting to take care of the issues in your life. But you've got to let Him. Amen? You've got to let Him. I, you've heard me say this many times. I just envision... Jesus, on the day that He gave His life for us on the cross, I envisioned that legion of angels, legions of angels that were sitting there just waiting on the King of Kings to say, I've had enough, amen? Come and get me. And buddy, I'm going to tell you, the heavens would open and they'd have came and got Jesus, right? But that same set of angels is ready for you and I as well, amen? They're just sitting there waiting and all you and I have to do is say, God... I can't do it anymore. You're going to have to take care of it. And man, he's just ready to just unleash the power of heaven on whatever it is that's attacking you in this life. Amen? That's the God that we serve. He loves us. Amen? There is absolutely nothing in heaven and earth that God would not do for you and I. He proved it because he gave the very best. Amen? And Jesus, how much more would he do for us if we just said, Father, do it. Amen? Just do it. And he'll do it, amen? He really will. So we serve that kind of a God. It's not a fairy tale, guys. It's not just something we like to say to make ourselves feel good. He truly will do it, amen? I have seen him do it. You've seen him do it, and he'll do it again. Christy used to sing that song, he'll do it again, amen? And he will over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Look at your neighbor and over and over and over and over again. Amen? And then he'll do it again. Amen? Because he loves us. Amen. Amen? I want to talk to you tonight about something that I'm pretty passionate about, and that's having a grateful heart. Amen? A grateful heart. There's a passage of Scripture that's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. I love this passage of Scripture. I don't talk about this passage enough. I don't think about this passage enough. But the Bible declares to us, in everything give thanks. For the Bible says, this is the will of God. Amen? In all things, he said, give thanks. Right? Because that's the will of God. That is the heartbeat of our God, right? That we give thanks in Christ Jesus. Amen? For us. Give thanks in all that we do. Because God has given us Jesus. Amen? And because we have Jesus, we can be thankful because the Bible says that all things, all things work together for good to those who love Him. Right? That love Him and are called according to His purpose. We have Christ. And because we have Christ, we can have a grateful heart and be thankful for all things. All things. Thankful for even sick bodies. Because if you stick sick, you're still living. Amen? Come on, somebody. If you're sick, you're still living. And if you're still living, you're still receiving the blessings of God. Amen? Amen, somebody. Huh? Even in the good, even in the bad, be thankful, right? Have a grateful heart because we're still here. Had a pastor friend of mine one time. was in a terrible accident. Should have, for all intents and purposes, killed him. He was holding a revival for us this particular week. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, you know, there's not a day that I don't wake up that I'm not hurting in my body. There's not a day that I wake up that I don't have arthritis gripping my body. He had so many bones broken, so many things happened that arthritis had set up in these places where his, his bones were broken and his joints were mangled. But he said, I thank God every day that every, every step I take that I feel pain, I thank God because I can feel it. Amen. And I have an opportunity to praise God. Amen. Amen. You with me? It's all about perspective. It's all about having an understanding that we can be grateful and thankful because God still loves us. Amen? 
Even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, even though we're faced with some tragedies, even though we're faced with difficult times in life, which is just life, amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just life. It's just going to happen, amen? There ain't a thing we can do about it. We're always questioning God, why did that happen? Why did bad things happen to good people? It's just life. But we have God, we have Christ, and because of that, we can be thankful in all things to God. Amen? Because He's still with us. Amen. Amen? And He still chooses to leave us here to bring praise to Him and to tell others about Him. Amen? You with me? Even in our infirmities, we're here to tell people about Jesus and to bring praise to Him. In fact, a lot of times in our infirmities, I would say to you that we, we bring more praise to God, amen, and we're able to lead more people to God because they're focused on us, amen? You with me? So think about that. God never puts more on you than you can handle, right? The Scripture says something similar. They don't say it just like that, right? But He doesn't put more on us than we can handle. He puts just everything. He puts what He wants on us to bring Him praise, if you've got an infirmity in your life, praise God for it because He's having you carry your cross that somebody will watch you carrying that cross and say, why are they carrying that? Amen? Why is that person carrying that? And you can tote that thing with boldness and with pride in your heart, not, not, not beat down, not being moping and not being pity partying, right? But carry it as, a, as something that you're proud of, right? God gave me this because He knew I was strong enough to carry it and still praise Him. Amen? Amen? Come on. Y'all didn't, didn't clap enough for that. Amen? That's hard to clap for when you're sick. Amen? It's hard to do that when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But David said, even though I walk through it, right? He said, I'm not going to fear nothing. Right? Because why? God is with me. Isn't that right? He's with me. He's going to be with me always. That's the great thing about it. See, the story there with Jesus and Simeon that you see, or Simon rather, as he was standing out there, right, and, and he was carrying this cross, and then they, they, they told him, he said, you get another and help carry that. What that shows you and I is, is Jesus does that same thing for you and I. When we're walking and carrying something, some big heavy burden, just know you're not carrying it by yourself. Amen? You got somebody lifting the burden, and that's God himself. Amen? He'll come alongside and he'll carry that thing if you let him. The cross was not designed for you and I. The cross was designed for Jesus, and he knows just how to carry it. Amen? He knows just how to carry it, but you just got to let him carry it. Do your part. Walk. Walk down that Via Della Rosa, if you will. Walk down that valley of the shadow of death. Be thankful and grateful in all things because we have Jesus. Amen? And if he's with us, who can be against us? Isn't that what the Bible says? That's what it teaches us. So there are six life lessons that I want you to consider today, but I want to read you the story found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, before we get into those six life lessons. These lessons are good in life, no matter what you're going through, not just for this story, but there's so many wonderful things that God points out to us. I told Pastor Keith, the first few of these, most of these are found in the first two verses, in verse 37 and 38. There's so much packed in there, and we're going to try to unpack a little bit of that for you here tonight, but let's read this. Familiar passage of scripture here where Jesus enters into this Pharisee's house. This Pharisee desired for him to come and to dine with him. The Bible says in verse 36, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet, sat down to eat, sat down to fellowship, right? Jesus came in and he sat down with this Pharisee, this religious leader of the day, and he was there to fellowship with him. And behold, in verse 37, a woman of the city, which was a sinner. Very clear. This woman of the city was a sinner. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? I, preacher, I'm saved by grace. You're just a sinner that is saved by grace. That's what you are. Amen? We ain't something special. We're just sinners who've been saved by grace. Amen? All of us. Behold, a woman of the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him. This may be a little hot, Brother Keith. And, and stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, 
and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. In verse 39, the Bible declares, Now when the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, which had bidden him, who had asked him to come, saw this, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he truly were a prophet, would have known who and, who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Amen? So is he. Amen, somebody. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, let you know who he is. This man's name here is Simon. I have somewhat to say to you. I got something I need to say to you, Simon. Man, when Jesus looks at you and says, I got to talk to you, that ain't something you want to hear, is it? Huh? Sit down, I need to tell you something. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain woman, Jesus said, or a certain, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, either one of them, he frankly forgave or swiftly, quickly forgave them both. Tell me, Jesus said, therefore, which of them will love him the most? And Simon answered and said, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, speaking of Jesus, thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered in, now Jesus is tough, ain't he, huh? I entered into your house, and you gave me no water for my feet, which was customary of the day. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. You didn't greet me on the cheek as was customary for that day. But this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased kissing my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Amen. And Jesus said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, the woman again here, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Amen. Go in peace. To whom much is given, the Bible also says, much is required. Amen? Amen. And to whom much is forgiven, much love comes from that person. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. If you're here tonight and you've been saved by Jesus Christ, you understand what that statement means and what it says, right? We don't look down at somebody else for their sins because we know where we were. Amen? And we can have a grateful heart in knowing that God reached down and pulled us up out of their miry clay cleaned us right set our feet on solid ground and for that reason you and I should be thankful and also try our best to lead others in the same direction these six lessons that I want you to consider tonight we'll start in verse 37 the first lesson here <clears throat> is bring your best amen bring your best in verse 37 it says here in verse 37 that she brought her best she brought she brought all that she had, this alabaster box full of ointment, before Jesus. When she knew that he was in the house, she brought her best sacrifice. Amen? Man, we can be grateful in knowing that our God visits with you and I. Amen? He's not some God that keeps himself in some tabernacle or some temple somewhere else and says, you peasants come unto me. Amen? Our God desires to be with us. Our God desires, he longs to be with us, right? He has a passion to not just be around you, but to be in you. Amen? You see what I'm saying? So the Bible says here that when she knew that he was in the house, that she gathered her very best and she came to him. She brought her best when she knew that he was in the house. Not the least sacrifice, not a partial sacrifice. When she heard that he was there, she gave all she had. Amen? She wasn't going to hold anything back. I tell you, we could probably learn a lot from this sinner. Amen? This woman of the city. We could learn a lot from her because she was not worried about anybody else in the house. It wasn't about how much she had. It was the fact that she was given all she had. She gave her best sacrifice. Amen? That is a wonderful lesson in life that I think all of us could learn, but also in our worship to God, right? This whole picture that you see 
was about worship. In this story, Jesus is teaching us how to worship. Amen? How to approach the throne room of God. How to approach the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How to approach the Savior of the world. Amen? It should be done in worship. And she packed her very best. And she walked in the house and she let it loose. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, she let it go. Amen? Buddy, I'm going to tell you right now, this was, this, this was long before Frozen, baby. She just let it go, right? Isn't that right? She was long before Queen Elsa, right? She, she taught Queen Elsa how to do it, right? She just let it go, amen? She let that worship go, and when she let it go, we're going to see what happens next. Look, don't come to the house of God and bring your second best. Don't bring your third best. If we want the best from God, we need to give God the best, Amen? If we intend for God to bless us with the best He's got, we need to give Him the best. Here's the deal. He's already given us the best, as I said to you earlier. He deserves the best. Amen? Prepare your best. Bring your best. I ain't talking about your Sunday best. I'm not talking about that you got your hair looking right. I'm talking about you got your heart right. Amen? When you come in to worship God, give Him your best. Don't approach the king with half-heartedly, give it all to Him, amen? Because He knows. He knows. He looked over at old Simon and said, you're giving second best. She's given the best. He knows all things, amen? Second best don't move, Jesus. It's only the best, amen? If you want to get God's attention, give Him your best. So the first life lesson we can learn is bring your best. The second life lesson here that we could learn, and certainly as it pertains to worship, is be humble, understanding, and acknowledging. These three have a sweet aroma in the nose of the Lord. Amen? When you and I approach Him with an humble heart, when you and I approach Him with understanding of who He is, and when we approach Him acknowledging our sins before Him, that's a sweet aroma to God. Listen. When you think about the, the, these particular things, at least to me, I think this is, this is one of the things that maybe it should be first rather than second, but I put it second. A humble heart is what he's after. Pride goeth before the fall, the Bible says. Amen? When you and I think that we're greater than God, when we're all that in a bag of chips, amen? Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, you ain't that Hershey kiss you think you are. Amen? Amen? Amen. No. Uh-uh. Right? When we approach God and we think we're, the, we're a bag of chips and a Hershey Kish and all that good stuff, and we think He's not, that's not humility, right? It's almost like you see some people come to the altar and say, All right, God, I'm here. You ought to be thankful. I have arrived. I'm in the building. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know somebody preached at Church of God, flip back. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they had, I almost looked like the other day, my hair was getting square. My hair was, I said, Man, I look like an old preacher. I had to go get a haircut. Amen? But you know what I'm saying, right? We got to get that hair just right, and we got to have all that hairspray on there. And we walk up, man. We got on, we got on some. It's a four or five hundred dollar suit. Got them sharp pointed boots on, right? We walk up and we stand in the front, and you can smell, right? You 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 can smell that that aroma, right? That whatever you wear, I don't know what you wear. Uh, you know, for me, it's it's uh, it's it's gears, what it's called, G E I R. Ness, it's a, it is a Norwegian, come on somebody, Norwegian cologne, that's what I wear, amen, expensive stuff, but we all walk up there right and it's all about us, but an humble heart is what God is looking for, to approach him with an humble heart, understanding that he is God and acknowledging that we're not, amen, this lady here in verse 37 she humbly approached him, and she understood who he was, and she acknowledged him, but she also acknowledged who she was, amen, that she was just nobody, amen. She was there to give her very best to the king. We can learn a lot from this lady again. I think it's important for us to have that understanding when we enter into the house of God, knowing that he's in the house, and when he's in the house, he's the one that's in charge, amen. He's the one in control. You ever been in churches where families were in control? 
Thank God that's not here, right? We ain't going to try our best not to allow that to happen, including myself, right? Nobody's in charge here but God, amen? amen? Having an humble heart and understand that when he's here, he's the head, right? We're not. He's the head. And having that understanding and knowing who we are, I think we can learn a lot. It's a great lesson in this story. So she prepared the best here when she heard that Jesus was in the house and she approached him with humility understanding, and also acknowledge that he was God and that she was just a sinner, amen, in his presence. The third life lesson here we can see, when you look in verse 38, we begin to see some very important things here. This third life lesson is the approach is crucial. It's all about how you approach him. It's, it's one thing to bring your best it's a second thing to be humble. It's, it's an understanding and understanding who we are and acknowledging that. But now it's about our approach to him. This really struck me in verse 38 where it says that she came from behind him. Your first thought is, is why didn't she approach Jesus in front of him? Now the obvious answer here is, is that she was a woman. She was a sinner woman and he was a, a Jew, right? He was a man. And you didn't do those things in that time. It was not customary for a lady just to present herself in front of him. And that would be the right answer. But I want you to see something a little bit different here on the spiritual side. Why she approached him from behind. She approaches Jesus from behind recognizing him as God. Amen. She approached him from behind recognizing he was God. Well, preacher, what's that got to do with anything? Remember, he told Moses, no man has seen me and lived. Man here meaning sinful. Man is sinful. That's why the number of the, of the enemy or Satan, the Antichrist, is 666. Six, six. Amen? Man, man, man. Sin, sin, sin. Amen? The number six in the Bible is representative of man. He created man on the sixth day. Look at your neighbor and say, yeah, he did. So when he says no man has seen me live, it's not God's desire that we don't see him. But it's because of our sins that our unrighteousness cannot stand before him. Therefore, she approached him from behind. Amen? Come on now. Huh? A rank sinner recognized that, and the church of the day couldn't even see it. They weren't humble at all, right? They boldly approached God himself. Amen? Didn't even think about it, Pastor. But she understood and she approached him from behind, for she knew that she was a sinner, amen, and was not able to approach him from the front. Amen? You with me? It's all about the approach, all about the approach, how we approach him. She recognized him as God, and she recognized him as king. Also during that time, you did not stand before the king, and he didn't tell you or beckon you to come. You didn't just show up and say, hey, oh, king, I just thought I'd drop by. It didn't happen. If you didn't have an invitation to stand before the king, it could cost you your life because she recognized his deity, amen? She recognized his royalty. She recognized his authority, amen? And so she did not just throw herself at him. She approached him from behind because she recognized him as God and as king, amen? Man, we can learn something from this lady, could we not? It's all about the approach. Understand he's God, understand he's king. And last, she understood he was Savior, amen? Her approach to him from behind was in a, in a posture that she was kneeling before him with her face to his feet, amen? And what that shows is mercy. That shows a heart that says, I give up. I've done all I know to do. It's almost like the woman with the issue of blood. She pressed through the crowd and she was doing what? Crawling to him. And her posture before him was where? At his feet. Amen? Simply saying, I give in. Amen? I surrender all. That posture is a mercy posture. Not necessarily that, that it's, it, she, she's seeking mercy from him. That's, that's exactly, I should say, that's exactly what it is. She's asking him, oh, please be merciful. Amen? Because she understands as God and as king, her life is in his hands. So she approached him in a posture of mercy. Look, when it comes to worship, when it comes to God, right? we, we are spoiled in the life that you and I live. 
Ever since the cross, when Jesus gave his life for us, we just take God for granted a lot of times, do we not? We just come in his house haphazardly. We don't give the very best. We don't recognize him as God. Didn't Jesus tell us that? When you pray, pray this way. What did he say? Our Father which art in heaven, recognize him as God. Amen? Hallowed, he said, be thy name. Worship him, right? The first thing we should do is recognize his deity, recognize who he is, worship him, right? Hallowed be thy name. Then ask, your will be done, right? Throw yourself at the mercy of this righteous God. Amen? Jesus taught us that. Before we ever go any further, that's what we should do. It's all about recognizing. It's all about worshiping. It's all about understanding our approach to Him and who He is. Man, it's almost like I said, we come in the house of God so many times today, right, and we just, we just take Him for granted. We act like we want to act, do what we want to do, cuss in the house of God, throw a fit in the house of God, act crazy and foolish in the house of God, half-hearted worship, right, in and out of the church service. My goodness, some folks need to get their kidneys checked, amen? If I had to go to the bathroom that many times in a church service, I believe I'd go see a doctor. Amen? Dr. Paramore was here last week. Go see the man. Amen? Folks are just, they don't respect God anymore. Amen? They don't respect Him. It's all about the approach. It's all about the approach. This lady, this lady brought her best. She was prepared. This lady was humble and she acknowledged who she was and she had understanding of who He was. And in her approach to Him, she was very careful about her approach. Amen. Right? She just wanted to be in His presence. She just wanted to be around the King. Man, do y'all recognize, do you know that if you're a child of God, we are privileged? Some people say, don't say that word, right? Because that gets people mad. I don't care. If you're a child of God, you're privileged. Because you have the right to approach the throne of God. Amen? Unadulterated. Amen? We have the right, Jesus. That's why, look, the veil was written too in the temple not to show off God's power. He's already showed His power. He rent the temple in two to show the church of the day and all of us today that because of Christ, we now can boldly approach the throne of God. Amen? We can now stand in His presence. It's not enough to get in the throne room. we got to get in the throne room and begin to praise the King. Amen? Who sits on the throne? Come on, somebody. Amen? We have got to start understanding that, right? And approach Him properly. And when we worship and come in the house of God, we need to do that with the reverence, right, that this lady did. It was all about Jesus. Man, I just want to be in His presence. I just want to, I just want to touch Him. I just want to praise Him. I just want to anoint Him. I just want to bless Him. Right? And you say, well, how can you bless Jesus? Like this. Amen? I've said it many times. I find myself saying, God bless you, Lord. And I'm thinking, hey, you bless yourself, right? But we can bless him with our praise. Amen? She just wanted to praise him. They were there trying to prove him wrong. They were there trying to get information. Come on now. A lot of folks come in our church, and they just want to be there so they can prove that God is wrong. That preacher preaching, he's this old liar. Everybody else in there is old hypocrite. A lot of people come to the house of God just to see if God's really God. Isn't that right? Some people, that's their whole point of coming. Some people are coming in there, right, not to worship Him, but they're coming in there just to ask a bunch of questions. If you would come in here to worship Him, you'll find out the answer to all your questions. Amen? If you want to know if God's real or not, come in here and worship Him. Amen? If you want to experience Him, worship Him. Amen? Them old boys were sitting around the table, and they were in the presence of God, but they didn't experience God. Amen? They were just there questioning. They were just there in doubt. They were just there saying so, so they could say, yeah, I was around him. He's in my house. He wasn't all that in a bag of chips. But if you come in there and worship him, you'll leave changed. Amen? If you come in there and worship him, he'll touch you. He'll talk to you. He'll change your life. It's all about the approach. Are y'all awake? I feel like I'm preaching to myself. Amen. I told you I'd say that, Pastor Keith. Me and him, I was getting on myself. He was getting on me too. Amen. I'm just going to preach anyway. The fourth life lesson that we can learn from this lady about our approach to God, about our worship to Him, is be receptive and grateful. It was customary in those days to wash the feet of a guest, as I said to you, 
It showed your acceptance of them as well as your gratitude. What did he say to the, to the Pharisee? He says, Simon, ever since I've been here, you failed to wash my feet. You failed to even acknowledge who I was. You failed to acknowledge that I was even in the house. I came in, right, and you didn't welcome me as a friend. You didn't welcome me as, as somebody you loved. You just allowed me to come in as if I was some stranger off the street. Kept him at a distance, right? We want God to move. We want Christ to come in, but only go so far. Isn't that right? Lord, I just want you in the house, but don't do anything to disrupt what I got going on. Amen, somebody. Did you hear what I said? Lord, we want you in here, but don't do anything to cause any disruption in my life. Amen? He said, I walked in here, and you hadn't, you hadn't even so much as you were supposed to, to offer me water to wash my feet, to get all the dust and all the junk off my feet when I walked in. Right? Just, and that is an acknowledgment that you were accepting me in your house. Did you know that in the South, if you don't invite somebody in and offer them something to eat, you have offended them? I say that because y'all better not ask me over and don't feed me. <laughs> Amen. I want some good stuff. Don't give me that stuff that's left over from Christmas. Right? I want some new, fresh stuff. Hot. Right? Hot now like Krispy Kreme. Amen. Don't let that stuff sit there and get stale and put in the microwave for me. Amen. It is customary in the South, though, when you welcome somebody in your house, that you give them, ask them for some, if they want something to eat or something to drink. If you never do that, what you're saying is, is I don't want you to hang around too long. I'm that's the truth. That's amen, right? If you don't say to them, well, come on in and have a seat. If all you do is let them stand at your front door and you never say, come in and have a seat, can I get you anything to eat or drink? What you really say is, it's good to see you, but don't stay long. I got things to do and you ain't all that important. That's, that's the truth now. Is that not right? That's the way my mama raised me anyway. Right? That's the way I was taught. And it's the same thing in Jesus' time. When they showed up at the house, if you didn't wash their feet and you didn't greet them with a holy kiss, which means kind of like the French do it, a little smooch on the side, smooch on this side. I ain't talking about no lip, lip blocking now. That's... That's out of, that ain't what he's talking about, no holy kiss now. Don't some of y'all say, I'm just following Jesus. <laughs> y'all, somebody going to get shot. He was just talking about, you know, I greet you, <laughs> right? Not I want you, I greet you. And he said, you didn't so much as wash my feet, you didn't, you didn't greet me with a kiss, right? And you certainly didn't anoint my head. So what he's simply saying was, you didn't, you didn't really, you didn't respect me, and you certainly weren't grateful that I was here. But this woman said, since the time I walked in, has, has not quit washing my feet with the tears from her eyes and wiping, wiping them off with her hair. Amen? She, she has anointed me, right? And he goes on to say, for my burial. She understood what was about to happen. But she also was anointing him and giving her best understanding, right, that this is God's anointed. This is God's king. And if God, if this is God's king, then he's my king. Come on now. He's my king. This thing became personal to this lady. She wanted Jesus to know, I'm with you. Amen? I'm with you. Guys, we, we could learn a lot from this lady. I'd rather be with Jesus than against Jesus. Amen? Because he said, if I'm with him, he's with me. And if he's with me, ain't nobody can stand against me. Amen? And she understood that. She understood that nobody else would accept her, but he would. So she was, she was receptive of him, and she was grateful. Grateful. Man. I, myself, and probably some of us in here, again, could learn from this lady. We're not grateful a lot of times. We just thank God she just owes it to us. Is that right? When God does things for us, we're not really grateful. We just think, is that all you got? It's kind of like when you get that Christmas present from that family member, and you open up and go, now let me show you, I'm going to help you all out in the South again. When you're in the South and somebody opens that Christmas present, they go, oh, ain't that special. <laughs> what that really meant was, I don't like this at all. <laughs> right? Or they hold it up and go, oh, isn't this cute? That means is the receipt with the gift. Is that right? If there's not 
shock and awe, if there's not excitement where they jump up and run around, right, the house, if they just give you that, oh. Any of y'all get that this week, this, this week when you gave a gift out? They open that thing up. I got, I got one from Nate and Noel. Both of them shocked me with some pretty awesome presents. And I was just in shock, some of them. And I was like, you know, it, it took me a minute because I was thinking, how awesome is this? But I also got a few, a few gifts from some folks, and I thought, well, ain't that precious. <laughs> kind of like when dads get underwear and socks, you know, it's just kind of, unless it's crazy socks. I get excited about crazy socks. But we got to be receptive and grateful, truly grateful for who, we, who God is, right? And the gift that he's given us, just the opportunity to be in his presence ought to be enough, guys. Just the opportunity to be here and feel his presence. I, I can honestly say there's not a time that I've been in church that I didn't feel God's presence. I hear some people say, I ain't getting nothing out of that service. I've never said that. Never. There might have been times that I've been in the service where I felt more of God's presence, but there's never been a time that I hadn't been in the church or in the house of God or in a service, whether it's a small group or whatever it is, that I didn't feel the presence of God. Amen? And I was grateful for it. And all of us need to be grateful that we're able to feel God's presence and that He's around us. He's a living God. He's not some fictitious God. Amen? These Pharisees were treating Jesus as if He was just some, some fictitious fictitious thing, right? That he wasn't all that. He's the son of God, amen? And God is in him and he in us, amen? God with us. Ain't that what his name means? Emmanuel, God with us. We should be grateful, amen? And, and receptive. The fifth thing here, well, let me tell you this first about old Winnie the Pooh. Actually, it's about Piglet. This, this character in Winnie the Pooh named Piglet, most of y'all remember Piglet, right? He once said, even though my heart is very small, it can still hold a rather large amount of gratitude. Amen? No matter how small your heart may be or how dark it may be, you know, some people think you've got a dark heart, right? Probably some folks say, that don't burn right, I ain't even got a heart. It doesn't matter. It can hold all the gratitude of God. Amen? It can hold all the gratitude that you and I have for God, no matter how small it is. If you've got a heart and you got one, you, you wouldn't be breathing, right? You, it can hold all the gratitude that we need for God. Fifth life lesson, remember who you are, amen? Remember who you are. Man, sometimes I cringe the way some people act in the presence of God, the way some people act in the house of God, as I said to you a minute ago, right? It causes me to cringe, when I see how some people act in the presence of a holy and loving and just God, right? Amen. It really does. We need to remember who He is and who we are. Just as we did, with, we talked about with this lady back in the second life lesson, right? We could all learn from her here. She remembered who she was, amen? She was just an old sinner that was asking for grace. I'm going to teach it to you here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15. The Bible says here when we read that the woman, she, that, that, that this lady washed his feet with her hair. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 15, that the hair of a woman is her glory. And in cleaning Jesus' feet or wiping his feet with her hair, she was affirming his supreme righteousness and hers as filthy rags as Isaiah 64 teaches us. She was taking her very best, her glory, and she was wiping the feet of Jesus, right? The lowest part of him, this part that had all the dung of the world on it. And she was simply recognizing his supreme righteousness and hers as filthy rags. We could all learn a great life lesson here, especially myself. Remember who we are. As I said to you, we're not that bag of chips. He is. Amen? It's all about God. It's all about Christ. It ain't about us. Amen? Preachers, teachers, remember, worship leaders, it ain't about us. It's about God. I don't care how good you can preach a sermon. Show me how much you love God. Amen? It's not about how well you sing. It's about how well you worship. Amen? It's not about how great you can teach. It's how well you can be taught by the Holy Ghost. Amen? If all eyes are on us, all eyes are off of Him. 
Amen. Come on now. Boy, y'all, I thought I'd get a little bit better response right there. Amen. You with me? If all eyes are on us. Oh, I'm sorry. I need earpiece. My daughter. Hmm. <laughs> right? It's all about him. It's not about us. This, this fifth life lesson is tremendous. Because once we figure that out, we can become great worshipers. When we're not worried about how our approach is to people, but our approach to Him. Amen? Amen. See, us pastors sometimes, really are, we really spend a lot of time on our deliverance of the Word rather than delivering the Word to the people. Amen? And, and, and having them accept the Deliverer. Amen? Who is the Word. Gosh, y'all see what I'm saying? It's about our approach to Him and understanding that it's Him, not us. See, I don't want to teach people about Mark. I want to teach them about Jesus. He called me to teach people about Him and to let them know how awesome He is. Amen? Not how awesome I am. It's not about how well I can dress. It's, a well, it's about how, how, how well I'm clothed in His righteousness. Amen? Amen? You see what I'm saying? I want you to see Jesus, not me. If you're seeing me, I'm messed up. If you walk out of here, that's why I have a hard time. People look at me and say, man, great message, Pastor. It, it was God's message. All I did was speak it. Amen? You with me? The answer, the proper answer, pastors and teachers and leaders and worship directors is, praise God. Amen? It's His. Amen? I get tickled at some of these preachers I see on TV, right? Man, they're doing all these things and there's all this stuff and it's causing people to move and jump. I just wonder if they jump that much if you just talked about Jesus. Amen? You with me? Come on now. Huh? We need to reevaluate. We need to reevaluate who it's about. We got to remember who we are and who he is. What a great lesson she taught us right here. This woman, with her glory, wiped his feet. Amen? She laid it all down before him and said, I am nothing but filthy rags. Amen? Lord, I just lay myself at your feet and ask for mercy. Amen? Just mercy. The sixth life lesson here that we can learn is worship is always appropriate. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good. Worship is always appropriate. The Bible teaches us that we just read that she continued to kiss his feet. Kissing one's feet was also an act of unashamed worship and thankfulness. Amen. Unashamed worship and thankfulness. You weren't ashamed of doing that. We used to do something years ago. We're going to do it here one time if I get enough courage up to do it because half y'all won't come if I tell you. We used to have communion and? I'm going to say that again. For you that, you that have been there, Pentecostal churches, we had communion and? Feet washing. Ain't nobody touching my feet. Amen. I got them old canker feet, right? And I got them old toenails growing like they are possessed. And some folks think, well, if I take my feet off, everybody's going to be slain in the spirit. If I take my shoes off, they're going to be slain in the spirit. Right? It ain't, about, it ain't about none of that. Feet washing is about humility. Feet washing is about the love you have for your brother or sister in Christ. What you are doing is showing that you're not better than them and that you love them enough. Right? To wash their feet, the lowest part that we feel like that is on anybody to wash their feet. Jesus taught us to wash the feet. Remember that? Who was it, Peter, that said, Oh no, Lord, you ain't gonna wash my feet? And Jesus said, If I don't wash your feet, then you have no part of me. And Peter said, Oh Lord, not just my feet, right? All of me. Amen. You with me? And Jesus knelt down and washed his feet and washed their feet. Worship is always appropriate, right? Always, always. If we don't have anything else to do in church, if you're coming here and you've got no other thought process, worship's always appropriate, right? Always raise your hands. Raising your hands does not signify that you're Pentecostal. Raising your hands signifies that you're worshiping. And you surrender. Isn't that right? When I grew up, I used to love cowboys and Indians. We played it in our, in our neighborhood, but we did it with real BB guns. 
and pellet guns. We had a twisted mind, right? And I'd always holler or somebody would holler at me, stick them up. And you knew if you didn't, you was going to get shot. Amen? And, well, we shot you a lot of times if you did, right? But you knew, get you, you, know, you dropped your weapon, and you did what? I surrender. Right? I surrender. Don't shoot. Right? It shows surrender, and it shows worship. Right? It's always appropriate. Singing in the house of God. I love when Brother Cothran comes to church. He's always got his, raise that up for me. I thought, well, a man gets thirsty. He said, no, no, I got this so I can sing. Is that not what you say? He said, tonight I need two of them sometimes. Right? Because he wants to make sure his vocal cords don't get dry. He wants to sing. Amen? And worship. Singing is a form of worship. Raising our hands is a form of worship. Clapping our hands is a form of worship. Amen? It's okay to clap your hands. Boy, it hurts my ears. I got news for you. There's a lot of that in heaven. And it's a whole lot louder than that person sitting beside you. Imagine the multitudes that the Bible said is as if the sand of the sea. Imagine everybody in unison clapping at the same time. And singing. It, <laughs> If our little ears hurt now, you're in trouble when you get to heaven. Because I ain't read nowhere in here where it says they're handing out holy earplugs. <laughs> nowhere. Amen? Nowhere. Maybe they do. It just doesn't say it. Right? See, we want to worship on our terms. Is that right? Come on now. I want to worship on my terms. I'm only going to worship when they sing my song. I can't understand that new, new that newfangled stuff. I don't even what they might be singing about Satan, right? <laughs> Oldest member of our church is ninety two years old. You know what she said? I don't know what they're singing, but I'm gonna worship with them because I know it's about Jesus. Amen, amen. And look, I ain't going to that church. It hurts my ears. I had a preacher tell me one time we went over to a church. I ain't gonna say where it's at. We took our worship team over there because they asked us to. And when you ask us to, we coming. Right? We, what was old uh, Big and Rich said? We coming to your city. Amen? So they said come, and we said we coming. We got down there, and that youth, that, well, it was kind of a youth band, except for Brother Garfield and Brother Ray, right? Y'all young at heart, though, right? Got down there, man, and we were practicing. This was before the This is on Saturday. We ain't even got to Sunday yet. Now, y'all know how we get on Sunday. The spirit starts moving. We get a little louder. In fact, we took our own sound system because we knew they weren't going to turn it up. Right? And we like it loud. We think God's hard of hearing. We want them to hear it. We got in there practicing and the dust was coming off the rafters. And the preacher came up to me after, about, about, he came through the house so he was doing some things. He acted like he was doing something. I think he was just checking. So he came up and he did like this and I went outside with him and he said, uh, 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 they're not going to play that during Sunday, are they? Now, they were warming up with a song. It wasn't a Christian song. In fact, it was a poison song, if I remember correctly. And the only reason why they warmed up to it was because it had a rhythm that all the, everything could get, they could get the sound right. They weren't singing it, it but he recognized it. He said, they ain't playing that on Sunday, are they? I said, no, sir. No, sir. I got a little phoenix. I think, you know me better than that. And then, and then he said, it ain't going to be that loud, is it? Man was nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. He said, it ain't going to be that loud. Can, can, can y'all turn it down a little bit? I thought, well, dear God, you told us to come. Amen. You didn't put any stipulations on it. And I thought, well, well you know, we'll, we'll control things, you know. He said, I got some older folks here that I don't think they'll appreciate that. It'd be too loud. Now, I didn't say it, but I thought to myself, now, well, let's, let's evaluate that just a minute. Old people can't hear no way. So when a, so when a preacher tells you, y'all got to cut that down because my older members might complain. It ain't the older members because they can't hear so good. It ain't the younger members because you can't get it loud enough. Who is it? The middle-aged ones. Amen. Me, him, 
What he's really saying is, I don't like it that loud. Well, honey, listen, we came to worship God. We go, and look, we, we, buddy, we let it go. And you know what we found out, including him? I looked around there, and he was going, and when he realized everybody else was clapping, he got right on in there with it. Amen? Come on now. You see what I'm saying? Worship is always appropriate. Amen? Clap, sing, shout, dance. Worship Jesus. Amen? That's what gets his attention. I'm going to wrap this thing up here. In summary, in summary, I can't even read that. It's so small on my page. She brought the perfect sacrifice. Now listen now. I want you to think back to the tabernacle worship. There was a way to do that. Amen? God specifically told them how to do it. And you're going to see it unfold right here. Isn't God awesome? She brought the perfect sacrifice. Isn't that what they're taught in the Old Testament? Bring the best. To the house, right? To the tabernacle. And present it to the high priest. Isn't Jesus the high priest? She brought a perfect best sacrifice to the house, presented it to the high priest, laid it at his feet. Did she not kneel at his feet? With humility and obedience. The blood of the lamb, which is Jesus himself standing there, was then mingled with the fragrant oil. Did she not pour fragrant oil on him? Do you not know that when the priest would take the sacrificial, some of the blood from the sacrifice, he would go to the altar of incense, he would mix the, 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 the frankincense with the blood, they would pour it on the hot coals, and it would smoke, and the, and the aroma would fill the house. Amen? Here it says she opened this box, and what did it do? Filled the house. Amen? She put, she, she put this worship on him, mingled this, mingled this worship, mingled this ointment with Christ and this aroma filled the air. She did it with fervency and passion which created the heat which then caused this to burn before the Lord. According to James 5 and 16, when you and I do things with fervency, God begins to move. And signifying that the sacrifice had been made for sin. Amen? Her approach, her worship was done in obedience to God. And because it was, he looked at her and said, your sins are forgiven. Amen? You have done what I've asked you, and now I accept your worship, and I'll forgive your sins. Amen? Man, there's some good life lessons in that story. Amen? Good life lessons in that story. I think all of us could certainly learn some wonderful things watching this young lady. Amen? She did it right. She did it right. Now, a lot of us are going to leave here tonight and forget every bit of this. That's why I put it on PowerPoint. I can give it to you. We're going to forget this, and we're going to come in, and we're going to be high-minded and haughty. We're going to come in some days, right? And we're going to be stumbling over our lip, and we're going to be, right, we're going to have some issues, and we're going to come in here, and we're going to half-heartedly approach the king. But I challenge you to remember these life lessons about this lady found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7. I really believe, guys, individually, if we will just make this a part of our lives, that our lives will be changed. I really do. I, I really believe that with all of my heart. I was telling Pastor Keith, man, we got to do something. I got to do something. All of us got to do something. Right? We got to get back to the basics. This is about as basic as it gets. This is stripped down adoration to the king. That's what this is. Right? If you're looking for some big theological answer and all those things, right, all this mumbo-jumbo, some people, some people with all this theological stuff, they want you to just put together this six-hour presentation on how to worship. It's simple. Amen? It's right here, this young lady right here, this sinner, this nobody taught the church that day how to worship the king. Amen? They couldn't figure it out. They were more concerned about themselves rather than were God. And she was just over there doing her thing, worshiping Jesus. And he said, because of this, your sins are forgiven. Another book about this same thing says that Jesus said, wherever this word is preached, you tell them. You tell them about this young lady. Amen? You tell them. Why? Because this is the answer to life. Amen? You give it to Jesus and he'll give you life. Amen? He'll assure you life eternal. 
I want to close here in Psalm 118 and, and 1. The Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Amen? He is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For His steadfast love endures forever. Amen? Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. And His steadfast love endures for what? Ever. Ever. See, the thing here was, when Jesus left the house, He never left her. Amen? When Jesus left Simon's house, He never left her. Preacher, that's not true. Jesus went on done some other things. She went back her way. Yeah. He did. But Jesus is right here. Amen? And He also said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We know He's omnipresent. He's everywhere anyway, out here. But pastor, He never left her. Never. Amen? And she'll never forget, she never forgot that change. See, this lady here, you'll see her many times. Where Jesus was, she was. Amen? Wherever he was, she was. Why? Because she'd been touched by the Master. This is why I have a problem with some people in church. How can we be here on Sunday one time and not here three other Sundays? How can we be here one Wednesday and, and two months later we see you another Wednesday? Amen? How can we be in a small group one time and never there again? How can we, you see what I'm saying? He never leaves us. How can we leave Him? If you've truly ever had an experience with Christ, you'll never forget it. Haley, I'll never forget your face, sweetheart. You bless my heart. That young lady's had an experience with Jesus. Amen? If you've never seen anybody have one, man, when she come up out of that water, I thought she was going to run. And I would have ran with you. I would have. Amen? You could feel it. Amen? You could feel it when she come up out of that water. She was grateful, and she felt the presence of the Lord. Amen? Man, afterwards, everybody shook her hand, all those things. I was walking out, she ran up to me, tears in her eyes, and hugged me. Grateful. Bless my heart, Sister Jenny. Huh? If you've ever truly been touched, you never forget it. Amen? Never forget it. You'll never be the same. I don't envision this lady, whenever she saw Jesus, I don't envision her going, ask ah, just Jesus. What's up, dog? Huh? I mean, that's, seriously, we just belittling. Like, ask ah, just Jesus. What's up, homie? Right? That ain't your homie. That's your God. Amen? That's your Savior. That's your King. And He should be treated that way. Right? Man, when she saw Jesus and when she heard He was around, she got excited. Wherever she was, you found her back where He was. Amen? Always. Amen? Now, I'm not telling you to manufacture something. I'm telling you to get in His presence and get touched by Him, and you ain't got to manufacture it. It's genuine. It's genuine. Amen? I want to go back to that first passage of Scripture here, and we're going to worship God. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in who? Christ Jesus. For who? Us. If He's in us, we have a thankful heart. If He's in us, we have a joyful heart. Amen? If He's in us, we've got an excited heart. Go back and read the Song of Solomon. And you'll see, right, the passion that we should have for Christ. When you read the Song of Solomon, you'll see the lover's heart, how it's jumping, how it's racing, the hands that get sweaty and the palms get sweaty, right? You've heard me say before, y'all remember when y'all was chasing that woman for the first time or that man for the first time, right? And they'd walk by you and you'd smell that perfume and that cologne and you went, whoo, glory! Amen? And it made you stop and look, isn't that right? When the presence of God walks by, we ought to say, well, glory, amen? And we ought to turn and look at God, amen? And think about how awesome He is. Our hearts ought to start racing when you feel the presence of God enter the building, amen? Amen? We shouldn't just sit there and go, well, God's here. If the presence of God enters the building, it ought to excite us. I know when it happens. Don't you know when it happens? You, can, you know when the rose of Sharon enters the building because the aroma always precedes the rose. Amen? Always. 
Man, when he gets ready to walk in, the wind catches it and blows it in to let everybody know, here he comes. Amen? Y'all ever heard that? I think George Jefferson, he, he said, all that, here comes the king. Amen? Here comes the king. That's the Holy Ghost to say, you know, get up. I love that song we sung Sunday, right? Don't give up on me, soul. Amen? Get up. Amen? And worship the king. For he's worthy. Amen? He's worthy. Golly, I can go on all night. Have a grateful heart, church, for we serve the King of Kings. Amen? The Lord is in the tabernacle. He's in the house. Let's approach Him with mercy. Let's approach Him with worship. Let's approach Him with love and joy and gratitude. Amen? Amen? Is that good? Can you give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. If you're able to stand and worship tonight, now how can you not worship after you done heard